Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Hello, welcome to another edition of the Disney Brit Radio Show. Thank you once again for joining us. And as Alan has already told me, it is the Disney Brit Radio Show Plague Edition, as uh, I've got a full-on cold as we're uh, we're talking now. Uh, but uh, hello, Alan. How are you? Alan, Good, are, are you, you, are you are there? I thought you'd oh, vanished. I thought we'd lost you. You thought you'd lost me? I thought you'd, yeah, you'd, you didn't respond straight away. So I was like, has he gone? Yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, laid back and cool today. Why, why, why laid back and cool today? What's going on? I've got plans. You've got plans. I can't tell you about them. This is very cryptic. Why, why, um, why, why so cryptic, Hooper? I am. Um, okay. But what I'm going to tell you is that it's um, Disney Brit Show 180. It is Disney Brit Show 180. Thank you very much for telling me. Uh, you I've didn't got, even have to ask. I didn't. I, I'm impressed that you were. So far in advance, you could already tell me. Uh, so Alan's with us. Um, I apologise if I cough or sneeze or sniff or do anything utterly disgusting during today's show. I attempt not to. But we've got two more people joining us this week. Uh, first off is Gareth. Hello, Gareth. How are you? Hi, Adam. Uh, I'm okay. Uh, I said I'm just getting over my cold. So there we go. So you're you're getting over it as I'm. I don't sound quite as bad as you. No, not quite as bad. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm 29. Um, I'm from Leicestershire. Um, I've got two children, and I've been going to Disney World since uh, 1991. Um, I've been a total of eight times, and once to Disneyland Paris. You're from Leicestershire. I am. Yeah. Oh my word, that's the same as me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I didn't think. I thought I wouldn't mm. wonder what part he's from. I wasn't aware of this. We must we must discuss how close we are uh, later on. And also joining <laughs> us today is John. Hello, John. Hello. How you doing? I'm not too bad. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, I'm John, 33. I'm in Manchester, uh, but I didn't wasn't born here, which is why I don't have a very Mancunian accent. I was born in Scotland, grew up in the Alaman, and then found myself in good old England. Wow, um, Manchester. Yeah. So you've done a little bit of travelling um, then. Um, I wouldn't call it travelling. I just call it kind of growing up in different parts of the country and finally just settled here because my okay. heart felt right here. Plus, you know, the rest of the world is very accessible from Manchester. This is true. Yeah. Um, I have. It, well, well, it rains a lot. Yeah. That's just <laughs> it England, rains a lot. It? We've got our own little microclimate because Pennines, so it rains a lot. And what about your Disney experiences? Um, I am, I'd like to think I'm a bit of a Disney season traveller. I've been to California uh, five, six, almost six times, going again in April. Uh, I've been to Florida four times, and I've been to Disneyland Paris about 11 times. Oh, I wow, consider okay. that my local park. 
Yeah. Because it's only an hour away. But um, I, my favourite park is actually the Disneyland Park. And I'm a Disneyland annual pass holder for the Disneyland Park. In California? In California, yes. Wow, okay. I found wow. it's actually... Well, I, was, I knew I was going twice in 12 months. So I knew it was actually cheaper to just buy an annual pass rather than buy sets of tickets Fair twice. Enough. That sounds good. I'm jealous. Annual pass on plus, Disneyland. Plus discount. Plus discount. This is true. Plus discount. Well, it's a full Disney Brett radio show, and we've got all sorts of different things for you today. We have got Disney's Ultimate Attraction, which we're going to be doing. We've got three of our last six pairings for this particular round, um, which we're going to be doing a little bit later. We've also got Tomorrow's Child. We've got uh, those children who have uh, sent us in audio of their favorite ever disney character we're going to be talking a little bit about that i'm going to be doing my good bad and the ugly from my trip to disneyland paris that happened uh, last week and on top of that those of you who are following on facebook and twitter may have noticed that i decided i was going to try and get over my fear of the tower of terror on this particular trip it's an attraction i've not ridden for a long time because for some strange reason i get myself so worked up as about it this is one of my disney confessions if you remember alan um i got so so wound up about it i just never did it so on this occasion i rode tower of terror and um i've got some audio of me in the queue for tower of terror and then riding the actual attraction itself um, so I'm going to be playing that to you a little bit later on so you can all have a good giggle at just how girly I actually am. Uh, I'm not going to say any more other than that. So, yeah, I uh, think you don't even need to play the audio for that. I don't... Whatever. You'll also be pleased to know, you'll hear that my cold wasn't as bad when I was in Disneyland Paris as it is now. So, uh, yeah, there we go. So uh, we'll start off with... Oh, what should we start off with today? Do you know what? Ultimate Attraction. What? Ultimate Attraction... Do you know what? Mm. Maybe or maybe not. Should we do tomorrow's child start off with? Because we never do this one right at the very beginning. It's someone, it's someone juggling pots and pans in the background. Um, it sounds like someone works in a recycling plant. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. somebody at work sorting oh. metal. Oh no! Oh oh oh! Mystery voice. Uh, so uh, we're looking at uh, ultimate, uh, the ultimate favourite character for the children who rang in uh, this particular past couple of weeks, and it's uh, it was wasn't it their favourite all-time Disney character? So I suppose we better find out that our guests what their favourite is. So Gareth, your all-time favourite Disney character is? Uh, it's Chip, but it's got to be Chip. Chip? Rescue Ranger Chip. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant Chip from Beauty and the Beast. I was like, how left field are you? Okay. <laughs> Chip from Chip and Dale, why? Uh, I don't know, that was just my favourite um, cartoon when I was a kid, I think. And that was the, the toy I always wanted when I was at the parks. Um, I can't they used to do a, um, a Disney afternoon show. They did, um, yeah. In, yeah, I mean, that, that was probably my favourite attraction when I used to go as a kid. And that was the bit I always looked forward to. Because it was Chip and Dale, there was DuckTales, there was Tailspin at one point, I think there was Gummy yeah. Bears in there at uh, a particular point. Darkwing Duck, Duck as well was there. That's right, yeah, the old classics were all in there. Um, so yeah. Chip's yours. John, what about yours? Oh, I'm going to sound really dark here, but mine's is Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty. Okay. I um, I always think the villains is actually what makes the movie and never the hero or the heroine. And I also I just think that Maleficent is probably one of the best villains. I like that there's no method to her madness. She's just annoyed because she never got invited to a christening. That's quite <laughs> that's, dark. that's a fair point, actually. Yeah, you didn't invite me to your party. 
So I, uh, that, I like her for that reason. Okay, fair enough. So uh, so Maleficent and Chip, two very different ones. Well, we've heard from uh, Thomas and William, Leith and uh, 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 Leia, I think it is, uh, who are going to give us there. So where should we start? Let's start off with um, our newcomers, Leith and Aaliyah. So Leith's eight, and this is his favourite Disney character. Here we go. Listen to this one. My favourite character is Pluto because I like dogs and he's funny. That's fair enough. Then you get more straightforward than that, can you? Yeah. It's um, to the point. I like it. Not beating around the bush. Okay, so uh, what about Aaliyah, who I believe is the older of the two? My favourite character is Mickey because he's a classic and without him all the other characters wouldn't exist. Oh, how very deep for a nine-year-old. Mm. I thought without them, all the others wouldn't exist. Now, could we argue, Aaliyah, that without Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, Mickey Mouse wouldn't exist? Yes, you could. You could probably argue it even further back than that. But... That if Walt Disney didn't exist. <laughs> if, yeah. if Elias didn't... No, anyway, leave it there. Uh, <laughs> a family-friendly show. Okay, so what about Thomas? What's Thomas's favourite? My favourite Marvel Avengers character is Hulk because he's powerful, strong, and really cool-looking. My favourite classic Disney character is Stitch because he has four arms. He's he's blue, that which is my favourite colour, and he's really really cool. That's wow. it. Thank you. Okay, Thomas has really thought about this, hasn't he? That's so, like, did he say Stitch has four arms? Yeah. Yes. Like most male characters. Or actually, women would. No, because Stitch has oh, got four cool. arms and two legs. When he, when Stitch first arrives, he has four arms and two legs, and then he loses two of his arms. He sucks them in. I'm, I'm referring to the bit that's not your bicep. Right. No, he's... So it's called a forearm. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm with you now. See, I'm not... Okay. Yes, you're right. Keep uh, taking your air method. What have I got? I need, I, need, I need pills. Right, let's listen to what William's got to say. My favourite character is Iron Man because he shoots and he raises and he's red and gold. Um, anybody think that maybe in the Coulson household all they watch is Marvel? It does <laughs> seem that way. <laughs> Alan, you have some insight into this. Is this true? If, if their only alternative I, is watching Stitch movies, that's probably a good thing. Ah, uh, True. I have I have been around to the uh, Coulson household, and I think Marvel does feature quite heavily. Can I but, point and out also, characters that do a bit of fighting? And can I point out that uh, Lilo and Stitch is one of my favourite films? Yeah, mine I'm too. Sorry. Yeah, I love Lilo and Stitch. It, I really... struggled between Maleficent and Stitch as my favourite character. There's there. some really dark humour in Lilo and Stitch when she's got that voodoo doll in the glass, pretending it's full of water, <laughs> it's her friend. It's brilliant. Look, I don't know how they got away with it. Uh, there's all sorts of things. Do you know what? There was some recent stuff. Oh, and I, can, I need to talk about this in a bit. Some recent stuff that happened where you watch things and you think, how would you get away with that? Alan, I've seen The Good Dinosaur. Excellent. And I really enjoyed it. It, it, it was a good film. It was, was a good film. pleasantly surprised. I, I took Harry to see it on a Saturday, was it uh, like a Tuesday morning one ninety nine special thing during half term um, and I really it's enjoyed it and this is what made me think of it because there's a point where they eat some berries and basically hallucinate like they're all high on drugs yeah <laughs> and I was sat there watching it going this is a little bit strange I think that's what's upset most people is it 
Yeah, I think so. Like from all the reviews of I've read of it, that's what they comment on the most. Because it was like, how? I'm kind of surprised that nobody at Pixar went, yeah, guys, is it? This is a bit wrong. Uh, we shouldn't be doing this, and nobody did, and they got away with it. So well, I'm... Pixar like to keep their adult jokes in. I feel that that was perhaps intended for the adults. The kids would have just more seen it as, oh, look, they're being silly. It's more yeah. intended for something like Deadpool than it is. For... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Which, uh, which. I've not watched um, Dumbo for a long while, but have, have they tried to sanitise that at all? Where you know, there's a scene where he, he gets drunk and hallucinates. The pink elephants on parade. No, yeah, no, they get yeah. drunk on champagne. Yeah, that champagne's a little bit different to getting high on berries. Well, in the this, my, my kids have got a children's book, and that that section is just sort of skips over completely. Just ha goes and has a dream. Oh, okay. There's no, there's no mention of uh, what causes any sort of hallucination or they even happen. What next? Songs of the South, the picture book edition. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but I'm actually thinking that the berries, they were actually drunk and not high. I think the berries had fermented, which had made them drunk and not actual high. Is that the reason why they were seeing their heads on other body? I don't know. It was just That's my body. theory. That's your theory. If that's just to try and make it a little more Disney. The, Di the Disney spokesperson said, <laughs> according to the script... There is no drug references in this film whatsoever. Unlike Deadpool, which, Alan, I know you've seen now, haven't you? Yeah, I've seen that the other day. Which is a Marvel movie not made by Disney. Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely not a Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, have, you, have you both seen Deadpool yet? I've not seen it. I'm eager to see it, but I've not seen it. Gareth? Yeah, I'm in the same situation. I've seen the trailers, and up until a few days ago, I actually thought it was Disney that were making it. I right. was trying to wonder what department were, were making an R-rated um, Marvel movie. Honestly, it's brilliant. It's wrong. Can I, can I, I'm going to butt in before you get any further. You've got Tomorrow's Child playing in the background, and we're talking about Deadpool. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I, I don't know if I've got anything else specifically. Like I could, I could play like superhero some sort of superhero music maybe I don't know what we've got here is that better for you is that Big Hero 6 yeah Big Hero 6 is that better yeah down a bit there we go getting old Um, but yeah bit, um, what's it called Deadpool totally not a Disney movie no but the dark sort of twisted humour in it was absolutely amazing it's absolutely brilliant it's it's full of rude jokes and swearing and as i put up on facebook do not let your children go and see this film which everyone mistook that for i took my child by accident um <laughs> which isn't the case it's just it was a warning to those people who were considering taking their children don't do it please don't do it but do go and see it it's it's absolutely brilliant it's just very rude but very funny and what i like about it is it takes the mickey out of superhero movies and itself and franchises and all that sort of stuff as well which is good Yes. Okay. One, one of the one of the good things it says in there is that it refers to real life. Which, yes. Um. One one comment which I remember is they refer to someone as looking like Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. And it's just things like that that sort of grounds it and makes it a bit more real and believable. And it treats Where, itself as a film as well because there's one point he said, you know, who had to do what in order for me to get my my own movie. Yeah. Yeah. Even the even the introduction was quite amusing. All the the credits, the credits that the moody teen, the overpaid yeah. director, or whatever it is, and, you know, obviously coming Computer up with clean generated character, this. yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, anyway, back to tomorrow's child. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
we need another question for tomorrow's child. So Alan, of course, has one prepared. Of course I do. Yeah, so... I'm, I'm always prepared. You see, I've got one. Has he? Yeah, I have. I've got one, if you've not got one. I've, I've got one. Okay, what's yours? Mine is, if you were to become a Marvel superhero... Yeah. What would your superhero character name be, and what would your powers be? Oh, you see, it's very similar to mine. Mine was going to be, yeah, which Marvel superhero. So are you saying if you could be a Marvel superhero that already exists, or is it a new one? A new one. Ah, you see, mine was going to be if you could want it already exists. I like that. So if you were going to become a new Marvel superhero, what would your name be, and what would your superpower be? I went to see... Um, this, this is digressing totally. I want to see that um, oh that guy that you saw at the Inside Out, that comedian. Oh, uh, Milton Jones. Milton Jones, and um, one of the things he said in his um, act was that uh, his teachers found out that he was um, actually was a superhero because uh, they wrote in his his um, school reports that he has constant supervision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I remember that one. Brilliant. Okay, That's so there you go. Oh dear me, honestly. So, it's if you could be a new Marvel superhero, what would your name be and what would your superpower be? You can send that to radio at disneybrit.com and on the next Disney Brit show, we will play your entries to that and your responses to that. Okay, I suppose it's about time we did the following. Is that too loud for you, Alan? Is that all right? Are you sure? Yeah. Well, because I'm invited to the party. You're not invited, no. Okay, then. So, it is a celebration of everything Disney attraction-based, and we are going to be looking at Disney's Ultimate Attraction, where we've got three more pairs we're going to share with you, and we're going to see what you voted, and we're going to give our opinion, and we're going to find out what is going on. So, starting off with our three pairs, we've got the Disney's Festival of Fantasy Parade against Kilimanjaro Safari. Toy Story Midway Mania comes up against Splash Mountain and Main Street Electrical Parade comes up against Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. So let's start off with the first, I can never say this one, the Festival of Fantasy Parade versus Kilimanjaro Safari and Gareth, start us off, which one are you going for and why? This might be a bit controversial, I actually prefer Festival of Fantasy Parade. Okay, why so? Um, it's pretty much all down to the hydraulic dragon. That's fantastic. The engineering behind that. Um, okay. Well, sort of I think it's one of the best things one. that Disney Disney have done. Yeah. Um, then the Kilimanjaro safaris. It's nice, but it's half an hour out of your day where, if the animals aren't in the mood, you're not going to see anything. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So it's 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 technology over nature for you. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Alan, what are you going for? I know where you're um, going. You know where I'm going to go. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go straight to the, the safaris because although if the animals are not in the mood, you're not going to see anything. If they are in the mood, you'll, you'll see plenty. This is true. The yeah. earlier you go, the better it is. Yeah, the um, we we've been on the ride several times and we've had different experiences. We've had one experience where we've ended up sitting in a parked-up safari truck for yep. about twenty minutes yep. because the, the rhino or something wouldn't shift. 
Um, and when, when you are parked, you end up with other animals getting closer to you, which is quite a different experience than if you're just constantly moving around. Yeah. Um, and, and they sort of constantly seem to be changing and tweaking the attraction as well. Um, sort of different sort of blends of animals into different sections. Usually because they didn't work out. You know, there was meant to be a big herd of zebras that I think they sort of spread around a bit. And yeah. um, they never sort of really got that going well. But I, th I think they've, they're constantly evolving it. And it's, to me, one of the more interesting attractions. Certainly out of um, between that and Festival Finnegade. That one. Yeah. So you're going Kilimanjaro Safaris then. Okay, that's fine. Uh, John. I'm going to go with Alan on this. Oh. For for two reasons. First one, I've never actually seen the Festival of Fantasy Parade. Uh, when I was there last, which was 2014, um, it was the weather was absolutely shocking, and it rained. So they did that minuscule little oh, rainy yeah. day parade thing <laughs> yeah. that they do. Um, so we never actually got to see it. Um, and even though we were staying in Disney World itself. We just found that we were never back in the Magic Kingdom at the right time for the parade, so we ended up missing it. Fair enough. Um, the second reason is just because I'm a massive animal fan. I love animals. I love zoos. I've got, you know, I've had pets, got pets. I um, love going to watch them. And I think that the Kilimanjaro Safaris is a really original take on the zoo. Yeah. In a zoo park. And I know it's that Gareth said that zoo. it's 30 minutes out of your day. Yeah. But when there's not that much to do in Animal Kingdom... 30 minutes is a long time yeah okay so and, you're going to um, yeah I've, I've never had a bad experience with the animals I've always been really lucky that when I've been the animals have been pretty much on parade we've even got to see the lions up and about which is very rare but it's been I've been really fortunate that way okay yeah, then so go on Alan out of about six times on the attraction I think I've only seen the lion's tail three <laughs> and I've okay. seen the lion once Right, so you've seen lion body parts rather than actual yes. whole lions more often than not. It's more lion than I've seen, Alan. So <laughs> usually when I'm there, they're usually all lying around. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was just an animatronic tail there. <laughs> you think you think Disney are lying about having real lions? Oh gosh, oh, terrible! This is not the plague episode. This is the dad joke. Episode. Dad joke. Yeah, <laughs> good for you. Might be right. Uh, right. So, Festival of Fantasy versus Kilimanjaro Safaris. Oh, this is, this is a really tricky one. Um, I don't know which one I'd prefer. Honestly, don't know which one I prefer. I love the Festival of Fantasy Parade because it's a Disney parade, Magic Kingdom parade, and like you say, you've got the sort of steampunk dragon, which is really cool. But I also like Kilimanjaro Safari for it being something a little bit different, seeing those animals and how authentic it is. Uh, I'm going Kilimanjaro that Safari. That's my lion, yeah. I'm going Kilimanjaro Safari. Just because I think it's so unique. Yes, it's not as good as it used to be. Uh, I think they took away some of that story element at the end, which was a bit of a shame. But I still like it. But I still think Kilimanjaro, for me... I would miss more than I'd miss Festival of Fantasy. It seems that most of you agree because Kilimanjaro got nearly three times the amount of votes as the Festival of Fantasy Parade did. Which means Kilimanjaro Excellent. Safari goes through to the next round. Alan, there is still an Animal Kingdom attraction in the final few. I okay. winning team again. Winning team again, yes. Okay, so next up is Toy Story Midway Mania. 
against Splash Mountain. So, who started last time? We'll go with John this time. Which one are you going for? For me, this is a no-brainer. It's got to be Splash Mountain. It's um, it's just a Disney classic. And I know that Toy Story has the makings of becoming a future Disney classic, but uh, it's screen-braced attraction, which I'm... I feel is kind of going to be the future of of many attractions, not just in Disney, but in all parks of the world. Yeah. I like the fact that it's got that old school element to it. Splash Mountain, that is not Toy Story. I do like Toy Story, I really do, but Splash Mountain just it's just it's a little bit more thrilling, and I quite like the thrills and I like the old school animatronics, and I like the fact that not so much Disney World, but Disneyland's is, is all recycled yeah. animatronics and I like that they've kind of carried that over. I just wish Disneyland Paris had a Splash Mountain, but there we go. It'd be frozen half the year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Never do an indoor Splash Mountain, possibly, I don't know. Okay, uh, Gareth. Uh, well, I was thinking about which one I'd, I wish Disneyland Paris had. Um, as you say, it'd be frozen half the time. Um, it would be really great if they did have a Splash Mountain. And I just think it's, if you compare the two attractions, um, there's just something that, that works about um, Splash Mountain. If you if you take out the Song of the South reference, it, you know, it would lose a lot of the, um, you know, the good parts of the attraction. Whereas if you if you do the same with Toy Story, you can put a Star Wars overlay on it, and it's it's the same ride effectively. Okay. Um, so, for me, I, I just think everything about Splash Mountain is is fantastic. Um, it's a really long ride, so it's, you know, you're getting good value for your queuing time. Yeah. Um, I think it's just it's it's one of the one of the attractions that you just naturally associate with Disney. No one else does anything that's as good as that, in my opinion. Okay, so you're going Splash Mountain as well. Yeah. Uh, go on, Alan. Um. Right. Okay. Well. Bizarrely, I'm going to say Splash Mountain as well. What? But you don't ride it. I've been on it two or three times. Okay. Um, and my main reason is that it it is so specific. The attraction is specific for Splash Mountain. Yeah. Or as touched upon there, you could easily put an overlay onto Toy Story Mania, and it could be any attraction. Okay. Um, if you think about the theming of the queuing area, although it is painted up to look like Andy's room, it's not really that Toy Story. -y. You know that the walls are all just paint work, yeah. With a load of collections of stuff in the middle of the cute lines, um, and then again when you're actually on the attraction, it's just TV screens. Yes. Okay. So Splash Mountain. I I kind of agree with you that the Toy Story Midway Mania. I love the queue lines really good with Miss Potato Head. I love the load area with the giant sized games and all those sort of bits and pieces. And that just kind of lose it a little bit when you get into that area. Like you say, it's, it's a bunch of screens that you kind of revolve around and. The actual theming is of it, of it is very basic. It's all very sort of 2D walls and all that sort of stuff. Whereas, yeah, Splash Mountain. I like the the size of Splash Mountain, the length of time it takes to ride Splash Mountain, the number of drops there are in it. There's that roller coaster element on I think the third drop as well, um, and it all fits around that Songs of the South theme without actually mentioning kind of Song of the South at all. You don't even get Brer Rabbit, I believe. You got Brer Frog. You got Brer Frog. Brer Rabbit. Brer Bear, Brer Fox. But there's the Brer Frog is kind of like the replacement of the narrator, which would have been Remus, I believe, and things like that. So they've they've kind of yeah. they've politically correct 
monetized it. That's even a word, I don't think it is. Question is, though, if you were to um, take out Song of the South of the theme for Splash Mountain, what would you put in its place? Well, they'd probably put Frozen in, but I would, wouldn't do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually think uh. Princess and the Frog would work. Ooh, Bayou idea. That'd be quite good. Yes. I think that would work. I can't see why it wouldn't work, because you've still got the big riverboat finale. Yeah, and you that still would have cool. all that. Yeah, I think that would work quite well, actually. Yeah, or if, um, if Zootopia did really well, maybe that. Yeah. They seem yeah. to be putting a lot of, a lot of um, money and um, you know, a lot of uh, marketing behind that. Yeah, or you, the good dinosaur, with the big drop being the uh, big waterfall at the end. I could see where you're coming from, but I don't think it was a big enough hit. I don't think it was a big enough hit in either, no. And, and it couldn't be, surely you couldn't have Frozen as a as a log flume, because the whole point is it's supposed to be Frozen. Well, it could, yeah, you could re-theme it that they're sliding down ice. To, to be fair, Adam, you can't, you can't say that, because clearly over at Norway... Oh, that's true. ...they've got a log flume going on. Yeah, that's a fair point. Okay, well, we've all voted Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain is absolutely thrashed Toy Story Midway Mania. Uh, which means Toy Story goes out and Splash Mountain goes through. So a lot of the classics that seem to be surviving. Right, final one for this round then is Main Street Electrical Parade versus Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Uh, I'm going to start us off then. Um... I do like the Main Street Electrical Parade. It's a classic attraction. Having done the Keys of the Kingdom tour and been able to actually explore the uh, area where they keep all the floats and seeing the amount of work that goes into keeping that going and the amount of lights they have to replace, etc. I am kind of really impressed with it. But nothing beats Big Thunder Mountain. It's probably my second favourite attraction maybe in the whole of the parks. I love the fact that it's different in the day as it is at night. It's different early in the day as it is later in the day as it gets slightly quicker. I love the theming of it. The interactive queue's really cool. So for me, Big Thunder Mountain wins over Main Street Electrical Parade without a shadow of a doubt. Alan, what about you? Um, to me, it's Big Thunder Mountain because Main Street Electrical Parade, to me, is so dated. The soundtrack, although it is catching a Annoy you for the rest of your life. Um, it is so Casio calculator style music. It's so dated. You know, I, th I think other other parades are better. I preferred um, what was the one before that? Spectra Magic. I preferred that one. Spectra Magic think, was great. Yeah. I think uh, Main Street Electrical Parade was, although it was a, it was actually a, a physical historical step back. I think it was a step back in in quality as well. Okay, so you're going Big Thunder as well. Right, uh, Gareth? Uh, I'm going to go Big Thunder Mountain as well. Um, I think it's just it's a classic. Um, it's probably the worst of the three Big Thunder Mountains that I think of, unless there's any in Asia as well. But it's still such a really good ride. Um, as you say, with the Main Street Electrical Parade, I think its biggest problem is that it's not Spectro Magic for me. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Um, and and for us, until a few weeks before I went, I still thought it was the same parade. <laughs> um, that was, was a bit a bit, um, a bit devastating when I realised that. Um, uh, although a lot of it is similar, it's it's just not the same. Fair enough. Okay, so you're going Big Thunder as well, which leaves John. 
Well, see, for me, I found this one really, really tough because the Main Street Electrical Parade was the first nighttime parade I'd ever seen. I've also never seen Spectral Magic, so I've not got that to go off. Yeah. What I do have to go off is the Paint the Night Parade, which I have seen. Which is um, the latest uh, California, yes. Which it is, which uses the same kind of the Baroque Hodo music from the Main Street Electrical Parade. Um, so because of that element, and I do like the fact that they've tra taken that through, I'm going to go Big Thunder Mountain. Okay. I'm going to go classic thrills over nostalgia. I think Big Thunder Mountain is, is as far as Disney attractions go, it's a good introduction yep. roller coaster to children. Okay, maybe maybe know that Seven Dwarfs Mine Train's there, that is. But I feel that before that, it was always um, Big Thunder Mountain. It was a really good introduction roller coaster. It was my first roller coaster, yeah. so I've got a little bit of um, a little bit of affinity with it. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to go for Big Thunder Mountain because I just think it's an absolute classic. And while yes, the Main Street Electrical Parade is a classic, I think parades are replaceable. Big Thunder Mountain is not. Fair enough. That means then Big Thunder goes through. So it's Big Thunder. Splash and Kilimanjaro to go through to the next round. Um, so they're the three. So there's going to be six in the next round. They're the three. And we've got three more that are going to be going up on our Facebook page. They are the following pairings. Cinderella Castle is up against Seven Dwarf Mines Train. Mickey's Filler Magic is up against the Haunted Mansion. And Soarin' is up against the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Okay, so they're the three that are going to go through, and we'll have those six in the next round. And it's almost as if a wonderful segue with the Tower of Terror being in that bottom, uh, the next three that we've got. Because as I said to you, uh, I was uh, lucky enough to visit Disneyland Paris over the past week, and I've talked about already in uh, previously about my confessions, uh, Disney confessions, is that I get scared to death of Tower of Terror because I get myself so worked up about it, I don't even go on it. So on this trip to Disneyland Paris, it was time to conquer my fear and to give Tower of Terror a go. And I thought what I'd do is I would record some audio for you to listen to. So what you're going to hear now is some audio of me in the queue line, getting myself all psyched up to do it. And you'll get to hear me on the ride itself. Attempt not to laugh too much. Here it is. Right, you're joining me um, in the lobby of the Hollywood Tower Hotel um, and I'm about to put myself through the one thing that you all know I hate I'm going to conquer my fear of Tower of Terror so um, I can literally see the turnstiles and I can see the doors of the library in front of me um, enjoy Right, I've come to the turnstile and I'm the key for the library. I'm still in the left one. Um, the library doors are currently closed. Everyone around me looks like they're smiling. <laughs> uh, no, we're fine. It's all good. I'm not at all scared, I promise. He says. Okay, um, made it through the pre-show, uh, which is suitably nerving. I am now in the boiler room. So the people queuing for the service elevators, walking up the stairs to what looks like it's going to be our floor, I think. Um, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. You can probably hear my voice how happy I am to be. Next up, 
service elevator. Okay, I'm sat in my seat. I've got my seatbelt on. Be prepared for the screams. Vous êtes les passagers d'un des ascenseurs stupéfiants qui soient. Et vous avez fait le plus étrange voyage de votre vie. Votre destination inconnue. Mais une chose est sûre. Une réservation a été faite en votre nom pour une durée prolongée. Dites adieu au monde réel. Venez de pénétrer dans la quatrième dimension. Les tristes événements qui s'abattirent sur ce haut lieu d'Hollywood sont sur le point de se reproduire. Par une nuit d'orage il y a fort longtemps, cinq personnes passèrent les portes d'un ascenseur pour vivre un cauchemar. L'orage est maintenant de retour et les oh portes Mais cette fois-ci, elle s'ouvre pour vous. La prochaine fois que vous réserverez dans un hôtel abandonné dans la partie sombre d'Hollywood, prenez bien soin de préciser combien de temps vous restez. Vous risquez de devenir des résidents permanents de la quatrième dimension. So um, that's me getting off Tower of Terror. Uh, I've conquered my fear, and I'm pleased to tell you it's nowhere near as bad as I always think it is. It's still pretty damn good, but um, yeah, my legs feel a little bit shaky. Anyway, yeah. Back to the studio. Hey, this is Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy, and when I'm in Britain, I listen to the Disney Brit podcast. Go on, then you can all laugh at me now. <laughs> oh. I've I've laughed myself out. Oh yeah. man, Alan, I think you did very well. Have you read? I'm territory? impressed you never swore. I know. Well, I knew I was recording it. I, clearly, by what I did say, I was some sort of religious experience. Um, no, you noticed that. Yeah, it's. It's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. I go on it every single time. I feel absolutely fine when I get off. But it's that kind of 
whole build up to it and it's the queue line and it's the sounds and it's the pre-show and then you go into the boiler room and there's one point it's still in the queue and there's the sound of some kid whispering by my ear and it's just and that's what makes it so done. good that's what makes it so good and then you get on mm. it and then you realize when you get off you're like yeah actually it's nowhere near as bad as you remember it being but yeah it's still pretty terrifying alan have you ever ridden it i have not ridden it and um i think when i go to disneyland paris for the half marathon I'll not be riding it yes, then Yes, you will. I think we're dragging you on. I think if you're dragging me on, I'm going to start running the other way. Yeah, we'll drag you on as soon as you've done the half marathon, so you can't run anywhere. I'll, I'll make sure I haven't got a park ticket that day. <laughs> I'll okay. really, buy you one. <laughs> I really, really... It's it's not an attraction for me. I, I don't know. I think you'd enjoy it. Gareth, oh, John, was... have you both done it? Yeah, yeah, I've done the Disneyland yeah. Paris one and the Walt Disney World one. John, I've I've done them all. All, all the three parts I've been to, the California, California and the Paris one, are absolutely identical. Right, okay, so it's only the Walt Disney World that's got the kind of the dark yeah. ride bit at the top. Yeah, Fair yeah. just 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 for clarification, because obviously I've I've experienced it on YouTube, which I'm sure it's exactly the same. Yeah. Um, but at Paris, do you actually? move around the scenes or is it just no. literally the, the lift shaft you go up the lift shaft you stop and there's the doors open you there's a scene in front of you and then you go down slightly and there's a second scene which is uh which has got a lift in it and when the lift drops you drop basically and uh yeah it pulls you down faster than gravity i was talking to jim corkus once and he said it'd be a much better attraction if you could get up at the top floor yeah, just go to the top and get off. Because it's it's these you've seen that attractions were starting to get like a bit of a split personality where you've got like a really in depth themed attraction that's really brilliant. Yeah. But there's one aspect of it that prevents people from wanting to do it. It's true, yeah, no, it's very true. Because actually the the effects and stuff for it are very, very clever. And the whole storyline is so immersive and I think, you know, um, actually, I'll come to that in a little bit later because it's all part of the stuff I'm going to do for Disneyland Paris. But it's such a great attraction. And yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I had when I went last month to Disneyland Paris, I had a friend, and she doesn't write anything at all. Yeah. Um, but she would, you know, join us in the queue, and, and for the majority of of the queues, because they're usually so immersive, she was more than happy with that experience. The Tower of Terror of all the queues that we did was her favourite because it was so immersive. She got to do yeah. the library, the boiler room. She got to do all of that. Just She just didn't do the drops, and she was more than happy with that. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, I, mean, I, I think just the experience of being in the parks is... You know, I could happily go to Disneyland Paris, and I could just walk around the park without doing any attractions, and I'd enjoy my day out there. I don't think necessarily you've got to experience a, a thrill ride. No, I agree. No, it's true. I think that's what sets Disney apart from Alton Towers. Well, talking about Disneyland Paris and talking about attractions and uh, things like that, I want to uh, talk to you a little bit about uh, my trip last week. One of the things we try to do is whenever anyone's ever been on a trip, we try and do the good, the bad and the ugly of those particular locations that they've been to over that particular period of time that they've been there. Now, obviously, my good, bad and ugly can change. And there, some of them are very specific experiences to me for being there. Some of them are things that are kind of need attention by Disney. Some might be things that are going to get attention but haven't yet. So it's very much, in my own opinion, my own personal opinion, 
and uh, it'll be just interesting to hear what you guys have got to say. So we're going to start with my good, then we'll go to my bad, and then we'll go to my ugly. You'll be pleased to know my good list is bigger than my bad and my ugly list. So that's always a good start. Um, so let's start off with my good. Now, the first good is a real surprise, and it's one that I have to thank Martin Walker for, who did meet up with while I was there, and he suggested this, um, which was, uh, he said, I had a Yoda cupcake, and you have to try a Yoda cupcake. Okay, give this a go. Um, it was late uh, one evening, and it was about an hour or so until Disney Dreams, so it was time for a hot drink and uh, something to eat, because uh, I wasn't going to eat until after Disney Dreams. So, went to Videopolis and sat right at the very top because it was nice and warm up there. And uh, I bought a Yoda cupcake, which is a chocolate cake with kind of a green, swirly, what looked like icing on top of it. I thought it was a hell of a lot of icing. Don't know what it's going to be like, but they're actually like a really rich chocolate cake with a kind of custard icing thing on top. It was absolutely amazing. So if you do see them, certainly pick them up a Videopolis because obviously they're Star Wars related. Get yourself one. They're not too expensive and they were so tasty. Did uh, did you anybody have one of these recently? I haven't had one, but I did see them. And just because Disneyland Paris isn't exactly well known for its food, no. I didn't have it. But no. now I'm regretting it because it did look good. I've well, seen people have it. Well, you see, the, the reason I had it was because it was suggested to me by somebody else. Thank you, Martin. Uh, and it was, oh, they were so good. Really, really good. I was really surprised. Because a discussion we'd had actually while we were there, which was, you know, obviously Walt Disney World has doll whips and turkey legs and all that sort of stuff. Is there any sort of iconic food that is available in the parks? And I was like, no, they don't have doll whips, they don't have turkey legs, they don't have anything like that at all. There's nothing that seems to be iconic. And Disneyland Paris seems to have started to get into some more of these cupcake style things. So this Yoda cupcake was fantastic, so I was really impressed. Um, my next good is the new security procedures. One of the things that was brought up at this week's annual general meeting at Disneyland Paris by some of the shareholders was their disgust at the amount of security they now have to pass through in order to get into the resort. Now I'm completely the opposite here. The more security they're going to throw there knows that I'm safe. So when you arrive now and you go through the one security checkpoint that's open, you turn up and if you have a bag it has to go through like an airport style scanner. If you've not got a bag but you've got a coat on and your coat's done up, they ask you to unzip your coat so they can look inside your coat. Uh, once they've got your bag, that goes through, you go to the next checkpoint. And not everybody, but quite a few people get then patted down with a metallic wand detector. And then you get to go through into the park. So they've got so many steps. And the good thing is they don't do it with everybody because if they didn't do it with everybody, you'd be there forever. But there's enough people it's done to to be, cause a real deterrent. Uh, for getting into yeah. the parks, and I actually don't think it detracts too much from getting in either. Which I think is really, really good. I'm, I'm, I'm more in favour for more security, to be fair. Well, it makes you feel safer, doesn't it? Particularly about what's happening recently. I think you, you need you need to feel safe when you go in there. And uh, <clears throat> one of the things is when you're at Disneyland Paris, you're in a bubble, and you don't want anything negative from the outside world to no. affect that. You know they so, have. They have people there with dogs now as well, and there's enough security and everybody around that you really do feel very safe. You know, uh, just the, the fact that they caught somebody with a gun trying to get into the New York Hotel New York uh, kind of security tells you how seriously they're taking things these days. Yeah. So all for it. Really pleased. Yeah. I'm all for it as well. We we didn't have any problems with security at all. 
we kept, we we stayed in the Newport Bay Hotel. Yeah. Um, and we went through the which here's my little tip if you're staying at any hotel but the New York if you just take that little extra diversion run past the Newport it's much quieter the security is much much quieter so go through that gate yeah. um, we never had any problems no, no problems at all um, we weren't even patted down sometimes we were wanted but we weren't ever really patted down Okay. Um, the only time we ever had a problem is when we went into Paris and we bought some champagne and we came back and we had to then get the bus at the train station all the way around to the hotel rather than be able to walk through the village. Yeah. But that's the only time we ever run into trouble. But, uh, you know, for the sakes of safety of the guests, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. Yeah, you're not going to argue that, are you? Not, not at all. Was that because you had a bottle of wine? It's because we had two bottles of champagne and I think they could have considered it weapons. But the irony is, while we were heading to the station to get the bus, there was a fight between two right. drunk men <laughs> in Disney Village. So there we go. Okay, mm. fair enough. Uh, right, what have we got next to us? Oh, wait times. Now, I know this again is subjective, uh, but, you know, the wait times were so good when we were there. But anyway, it was half term. Um, we didn't queue very long for much at all. I think the longest queue we were in was probably Rock and Roller Coaster, which was about half an hour. And the only reason it was about half an hour, 35 minutes, was because their fast pass system wasn't working. Um, I queued about 40 minutes for Ratatouille obviously brand new attraction and i actually think the queue for ratatouille because it was the first thing kind of headed straight there for when the park opened uh the queue to get onto ratatouille was probably shorter than the queue for the fast pass just to get a fast pass to get onto ratatouille because uh, the fast pass was massive uh Cushy's coast had a big um queue as well but it was about the only attraction i would say that really had a massive queue in the time that we were there uh tower of terror the fast pass for Tower of Terror didn't actually use it in the end because the wait time was down to 15 minutes at one point. It was quicker just to ride it than it was to use my fast pass to get in that way. So wait times were fantastic. Um, can't believe just how low they really were throughout the whole of the park. Um, and it was just nice to kind of go to the park in a really less crowded time. Even for things like watching the parade, rocks up to watch the parade about five minutes before it was due to start and was able to find a really clear view. Same with Disney Dreams, there wasn't a case of waiting around 40 minutes for it to start, turned up 10 minutes before, stood around the Central Plaza area, had a great view to watch it with sort of seven, eight minutes to go. Yeah, we did that with Disney Dreams. We watched it twice. The first time we rocked up about five minutes before and were able to stand almost directly in front of, almost directly in front of the castle. Yeah. Um, the, they had a massive problem with the projectors and they were only projecting on one half of the castle that night so we decided to return the next night yeah. um, again showed up 10 minutes before and we stood not right in front of the project the, the control hut but we kind of like against the railings on the plaza yeah. Yeah. with a direct view of it we found that was actually the best view but again 10 minutes before we were really lucky but then we did go second week in January so we were very so very out of season see having been in August last year you know there was no way in a million years you were turning up 10 minutes before the start uh, because it was just rammed last time you had to stand there for a good 30 minutes 40 minutes to get yourself a decent spot and then of course you got the usual parents putting their kids on the shoulders you couldn't see anything see we never suffered from that we were really really lucky there was no kids on no shoulders that's always quite handy or at least not in in my peripheral okay fair enough uh right here's a question for you what do you reckon the cheapest item to buy is in a Disney theme park? A carrier bag. A carrier bag. No, because they're free. 
It would probably be a pin or a pen. A pin or a pen? Ah. No, a you're pen or a pen. We're wrong. Believe it or not, a packet of tissues. <laughs> right? I know this is this is bizarre. I learned that the French word for tissues is mouchoir. There we go. Um, obviously, got a cold. You know, you need tissues. You need tissues when you got a cold. Not got any tissues for a cold. So we went on a hunt for tissues. Right? Believe it or not, you won't believe how difficult it is to find tissues in the Disneyland park. Went to several shops all the way down Main Street and eventually ended up at the store which sells where you get your, your buggy rentals from. It was, can you tell me how much it is for a packet of tissues? Ten tissues in a pack. How much do you think it is for ten tissues in a pack? Two euros. Twenty cents. Oh, never. <laughs> yeah, it was like, what? Okay, stock up then. Yeah, 20 cents for a packet of tissues. Is that cheaper than here? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like, it's like 15p or something, even less than that for, for a packet of tissues. Were, were they just like no frills white tissues? They were just like, you know, your little handy packs you get? Yeah. They were just a pack of handy pack tissues. But they weren't got like Mickey Mouse or anything? No, no, no. No, they'd obviously just bought them from a supplier. They were 20 cents a pack. That is cheap. I know. Isn't it ridiculous? I was like, no way. Although, you know, if you went to the loos and just got some tissue paper from the loos, that would have been That'd free. That'd be free. I know. Tissue paper's free. But it doesn't doesn't comfort your nose like a good old tissue, does it, eh? Um, <laughs> but yeah, 20 cents for a packet of tissues. How that's not bad. That? I like that one. I had to put that one in because I was like, that's quite... You know, bearing in mind you're in Disney World and they could, in theory, charge you an absolute fortune for a packet of tissues. 20 cents. So, so is that our souvenirs then? That's your souvenirs. What I've done is... <laughs> Thank you. We've signed one, each one. I'm sure when we went to um, when we went to Disney World, I think we paid about four, four or five dollars for a packet of baby wipes. Wow! See, so what's happened is all the tissues have been signed and dated, and they've got the location of where the tissue was used, and we're going to give them away as giveaways. <laughs> what do you think? I can't see anyone ever in that <laughs> competition. You never know. I thought if you had them signed by characters. No, they don't sign anymore. They just stamp, don't they? Anyway. Um, oh, don't, don't get started on that. Let's not start that. Uh, okay, next up on my good list is the new updated Disneyland Paris app. Um, We've got we, an app? Yeah, we had the old yes. app, which uh, used to have sort of white times, and it wasn't particularly accurate. It wasn't particularly updated well, and it was a bit clunky, and it was a bit of a mess. But they updated the app, and it became very much like the Disney World app looks with the wait times and the maps and all that sort of stuff. And do you know what? It is brilliant. It works so well. So if you've not got it and you're heading out there again, then please do. Um, the app does update its wait times very, very regularly. It allows you to see kind of character meet and greets and all that sort of stuff. There was one point on the first day of Disneyland Park attempting to ride Pirates of the Caribbean. And uh, it, it broke, went 101 at one point. And it told you on the app it had gone 101. Then it said five minute wait. Got over there because uh, it had got five minute wait. And as I arrived, they went, oh, I'm sorry. It's broken down again. Check the app. Broken down again. Off we went somewhere else. Oh, it's up again. 10 minute wait. Off we went. Oh, it's broken down again. And the app told me it broke it down again. So it was accurate, you know, at the time. It was telling me there was a 10 minute wait. There was a 10 minute wait, but then it kept breaking yeah. down. But eventually, yeah, we did get on. And the, uh, the actual wait times were pretty accurate for all of it, to be honest. I was really quite impressed with, with how accurate they were. Uh, what next? Oh, Forest of Enchantment. 
Oh, see, I'm really jealous you've seen this. Now, I don't want to spoil The Forest of Enchantment too much. I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but it's a really nice show. Uh, it's obviously in the Chaparral Theatre. When we go out, Alan, for the half marathon, it will be the Frozen sing-along in there. But the idea is it's uh, a forest full of enchantment, which lots of Disney characters live in. Mm-hmm. And they come out and they sing a song and there's some little clever effects and things like that that happen. And there's lots of forest creatures and animals and all that sort of stuff. And there's some acrobatics and all those bits and pieces. Um, and it is basically this new show, which is actually, I think, really nice. Has anybody actually seen any any videos of this or anything? No, I tend not to. I don't really like to spoil it for myself. I mean, I don't think I'm actually going to get to see it at all this year. But I still don't want to spoil it. I'd like to see it firsthand. Well, I did exactly the same thing. I avoided any videos that got um, I watched it. Okay. Um, I watched it on the basis that, oh, we'll show the kids what we're going to see when we go in October and then realise that it's probably not going to be there. Now, you might be all right because Frozen Singalong, I think, is only existing until yeah, the summer. Yeah, supposed to finish before we go. So you should be all right. You should get Forest of Enchantment. It's a good show. It's well worth going to see. I think it's going to be very popular. I think it's going to be there a while very much like Tarzan was um, so it's a good show well worth going to see so do go and see that uh, next on my good list Buffalo Bills Buffalo Bills Wild West show have seen it a few times now and I want to do a proper review on it probably on the next show um, when we do our, our bite size episode but again really impressive Buffalo Bills really good show uh, my good old friend who plays Buffalo Bill wasn't on that particular evening but he's understood he was more than capable of, uh, of taking over the role um, there's been an increased element of mickey and friends since i last saw it but i'll talk about that next week but it's still another good show really good food really enjoyed it well worth going to see so that's buffalo bills and the last thing on my good list is one of the things i often found uh, or one of the things we talked about was the fact that you don't necessarily get the same friendly service from cast members in paris as you do in walt disney world and they don't necessarily enter into the spirit anywhere near as much but i have to do a shout out to the tower of terror cast members because we had a cast member who uh, did Tower of Terror as we were getting on and it was absolutely brilliant and really did help build up the atmosphere. Uh, was very funny as well, which was quite nice. But I think really did help, well, didn't help me in the slightest because by the time I was sat down with a seatbelt on, I was about ready to jump out of my seat and run away. But um, just I think the cast members at, at Tower of Terror really have taken on that character and that role and actually do it extremely well. So I wanted to put that in as my good as well. So, quite a few goods. Okay, let's go to my bads. I've only got four. Uh, the first one is ticket pickup. And this was uh, tickets that were arranged through the online ticketing system. It gave you a, a uh, customer number and a ticket reference number and that sort of stuff. I got an email saying, make sure you collect your tickets from the resort when you get there. So, fine, no problems. And then it says, download your documents. So, clicked on the button to download my documents. 404 forbidden error. So, okay. Well, I've got my reference number. That's fine. Arrive at the turnstiles. Where do I collect these tickets from? Oh, uh, you need to go to guest services. Oh, great. Well, we know what the queue's like at guest services. Go over to guest services. And the, uh, the lady who dealt with the situation looked at the email and was f- completely flummoxed by this email could not understand what it was she thought it was a group booking I was like no clearly not Um, she didn't know what to do with the booking references she had no idea whatsoever and it took probably a good 15-20 minutes 
just to get my tickets. And bearing in mind it's a booking system that everybody in the UK uses, I was really confused as to how they were so confused about how you pick up your tickets. So I'm kind of intrigued to know whether anybody else has had the same situation or the same issue as me with regards to this. Because it was a little bit ridiculous. Um, so I wasn't too impressed with that. Uh, what have I got next? Comfy seating. Can you name some locations in Walt Disney World where they have some really comfy seats for you to sit... Sorry, not Walt Disney World. Disneyland Paris. But they have some really comfy seats for you to sit down and enjoy yourself. Um, yeah, one of the, I'd say the hotel bars. Actually, the new Newport Bay Hotel, because it's just been renovated. They're a bar. Very comfortable. Yeah. So, so I, I was thinking this. It's like, well, let's, at the time when we're trying to find somewhere comfy just to sit down for a bit before Disney Dreams, I was like, there is nowhere comfortable to sit inside the park. There was only one place that had semi-comfortable seats, and that was the Victorian Kitchen home-style eatery at the edge of Main Street. I went to sit in there, and they were like, no, sorry, we're closed. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. okay, fine. So all I could find was hard seating. I think there's some soft seating inside the baby care centre. Obviously, you need a baby in order to do that. Uh, would look a bit weird if I went and just sat on one of their sofas. But there's no comfy seating inside Disneyland Paris. And the only place I could find that wasn't in a resort hotel that had comfy seatings was Starbucks. So a lack of comfy seating was something that I that kind of I realised. Which I know is petty, but it was something that obviously came to light and I thought I'd mention that. To be fair, if you've been on your feet all day, it's yeah. one of the things you all want at the end of the day. Um, okay. Go on, someone's going to say something. <coughs> oh, it's going to choke No, first. sorry, I think, I think if you've been on your feet all day, any seat is blissful. Yeah, it, well, it was blissful. <laughs> it doesn't really matter yeah. whether it's comfortable or not. When you've been on your feet all day, you're glad just to get off them. It was quite blissful, but a, like a little sofa would have been quite nice somewhere just to have had a sit down. But, you but know. then the problem was putting loads of sofas in as everybody. I know, yeah. It was, it was just a sudden realisation that there's no comfy seating in the in the parks, which was something I'd never yeah. really considered before. Um, if you're sitting down though, Adam, you're not spending money, are you? This That's is true. This is a very good point. Soft seating stops you spending money. That's true. Um, another bad... What seems to be the death of Vinylmation? I think, ladies and gentlemen, we have to kind of conclude that Vinylmation has had its day and it's going. There was hardly any Vinylmation around in the Disney Gallery, in the uh, Studio One store, in um, the Emporium, even in the World of Disney store. There's fewer and fewer locations that are selling any Vinylmation and what they are selling are limited there's a 2016 one there was a Disney hipsters one which had been designed by an artist there were some Marvel ones there were some Haunting Mansion ones around uh, there were few and far between with regards to the Vinylmation there were no park series in there whatsoever I'm just amazed at just how few there were I think that might be a European thing because um, if I cast my mind back to when I was in Cal uh, California, which was uh, October, there was loads, still loads and loads, shelves and shelves and shelves of it. So it's a European thing then? I think it is. I don't, I don't think European Disney collectors or Disney fans are big collectors okay. of stuff like that, and not from my experience anyway. Well, I was kind of hoping that maybe I could pick up a park series here or there, but there were just none about. I was amazed at how little there were. Um, but, hey, you know, that was just something that I witnessed and, and wondered whether that was the case. Interesting to hear that you can still get them in California. I'm 
guessing what Disney World will still have quite a few. Was the Disney the Disney hipster ones? Were they still on sale? Yes. Yeah, we had the women desperately trying to sell us them. Yes, there was there was quite a few on sale as well. So uh, did so um, did you notice load more? I was going to say Tushtums, because that's what my daughter calls them. Some sums. Some sums. Yeah, quite a few some sums going on. Yeah, there was a few some sums. Okay, I take it back about collectibles. I guess it depends on the collectible. Yeah, yeah, some sums they had loads. Do you think um, that's what the replacement is? I don't know. The thing is, that some sums not particularly expensive in comparison. You can get some sums at Clinton's, can't you? Yes, Clinton's. Not- you can get them from yeah, Disney Store. You yeah. can get them from. They're like two ninety nine each or something like that. Yeah, they're not or, expensive. Or you subscribe like Highlanders. <laughs> he doesn't have to go out and get them. I bought a few online before. It's, uh, but it is. I, th- I think it's a, it's a great collectible item yeah. that is very low cost. Okay. My final bad. The Forest of Enchantment, which I know I put in my good, but I'm also putting in my bad because I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good, and I, I thought it was good. It, you know, the characters were great. I just think it's too short. It's about nineteen twenty minutes. And bearing in mind how long you might have to queue for it, you kind of get in, you queue, you sit down, and it's kind of over before it's even started. And you kind of feel like you could just do with one or two more characters in there. Um, It's quite nice to see, and please correct me if I'm wrong. We're trying to work this out. We think that the Forest of Enchantment is the first stage show in Disneyland Paris to star a Pixar character, which was Merida from Brave. Now, myself and Martin had this discussion. The only other one we can think of is Lightning McQueen appears in Lights Motors Action, but it's kind of an incidental thing rather than officially part of the show. So we kind of discounted that and said that's not necessarily an official starring role. But we can't think of any of the shows that had any other Pixar character in it. There wasn't a, um, like a Toy Story one in the Chaparral, was there once? I don't believe so. I might be totally making this up, but for some reason, I seem to think um, Woody's Roundup was around there. It was. It was around there, but it wasn't a it show. It wasn't a show. It was like, meet and greet, um, wasn't it? A character meet and greet uh, experience. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, as far as I know, this is the first time we've actually got a Pixar character in a show. Which is quite nice. But anyway, it's for me, it's just a little bit too short. It could do with a little bit of lengthening. And the good thing about the show is actually it feels like it comes in segments. So they could quite easily slip another character in there or change characters around and it wouldn't make too much of a difference in the show. So yeah, it could do with just being a little bit longer for me. So that was the good element and just the bad element as well. Finally, I think oh. with Merida though, because perhaps she's not, because she's been introduced into the kind of the Disney princess Hall yeah. of Fame, that she's not always considered pixar no i think you're right and and you know it's one of those films where you have to think to yourself is that pixar is that disney i can't remember yeah i have to do that i can i I can quite seldom remember whether she's pixar or disney and then i remember she's actually pixar so it's quite nice to see a pixar character anyway um i'm going ugly now i've got two for the ugly the frontierland waterfront at this moment in time is a sea of brown fence um, pretty much just to see a brown fence. They've tried to, to make it look quite nice by putting some sort of uh, Western-style signs up saying, you know, the riverboat's being this and the, something's happening to this and this is happening here, which is nice to see what they've done. The only problem is they've put these fences up and it doesn't really block anything because you can see all of the scaffolding around Big Thunder Mountain. 
And then when you go up into the haunt, uh, onto Phantom Manor, you yes. can just see everything. You stand on the porch of Phantom Manor and you can see the entire empty rivers of America. You can see the tracks where the steamboat usually goes. You can see more scaffolding while you're there. And you're like, hang on a second. You know, you're either trying to hide this or you're not. And the problem is, by trying to hide it, they've sort of made it worse because they've half hidden it, but you can still see half of it. Um, and it looks a bit of a mess. It's a bit ugly, if I'm honest. So you're either going to make slightly higher kind of uh, fences so you can't see it, or don't cover it at all. Because it's a bit half and half, and it's a bit of a mess, if I'm honest. It looked a little bit ugly. But do you think if you're like just walking past it and you can just see a close-up of the tracks in the base of the river? Well, no, you can't. You can't see that if you're walking up close to the fences, but you can still see yeah, but... the top of Big Thunder at the top of it. Yeah. Um, they're trying. They are trying, you know, and I can see what they tried to do. It just didn't necessarily work very well. Bless them, which is a bit of a shame. Um, my last ugly is a bit of a bugbear. Well, and it always has been a bugbear for a while. And that is the Backlot Tour in the Disney Studios. Okay. The more and more I ride this, the more and more I wish it didn't exist. I agree. It is just a mess. So, kind of riding at this time, looking at the things that are missing and things that aren't quite right. So, start at the very beginning. First thing that comes up is uh, the Backlot Tour, sponsored by Orange. Right? Well, firstly, Orange doesn't really exist anymore. I think it does in France, but it doesn't necessarily exist. And I know they don't even sponsor the attraction anymore, but they've still got it on the video. Next up is some French woman who I don't know, and Jeremy Irons. You know, we are still... Harking back to 90s celebrities here. Um, then it, we... Go on. I was going to say, is it... Is it for some reason I'm thinking Julie Del, Delpy? No, it's not. No, she is in Cinemagic. All right, okay. So you then get into Cast Catastrophe Canyon and you all get set up, ready to go, and there's no earthquake. And there's no rain. And then suddenly the fire bursts out and some of the water comes down. And then you drive out. But the problem is, the cast members now go, we are going into a set. We're going into a piece of the attraction where you must keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the attraction at all times to make sure you are safe. And the whole point of it is you're supposed to stumble across a live set and it's mm -hmm. supposed to be an accident. And it's kind of like now we know it's definitely happening. Yeah. So that's really disappointing. Um, you then, oh, just before that, that's the other one. We're still talking about Dinotopia people. Right. <laughs> this set is from the, from the film Dinotopia, and everyone's like, "The what? What's this?" Is anybody? Nobody knows what Dinotopia is, and they still show I, clips of it. And you're like, "Do you know what? This they haven't made a new episode of Dinotopia in like ten years." I don't think uh, anybody watched it the first. No, time I don't yet. think they did. So it was like I, a flop. I haven't put my hands up. I've never even heard of it. So you've got that, and then obviously you have got Catastrophe Canyon, and then you come the other side, and it says on your right now you can see planes from Pearl Harbor, ready to be drafted back into action if needed. Number one, there's no way anyone's going to draft any of them back into action because they're like a state. Number two, there's a plane, not planes. There's only mm. one. Um, then you get, um, you go through towards the other half of the of the tour, and you go past a load of ride, a load of vehicles. Of which are supposed to be from films, which is fine. There's loads of Pearl Harbor stuff. Then there's a little bit of 101 Dalmatians. Then they've thrown in RC Racer, which isn't from a film. You were able to go and sit in it in Toy Story Playland. 
Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time. And now they've put it in the car part of the back lot tour, right? Brilliant. Okay, so they're now throwing things in that I need even from movies. And then you get to the next set piece, which is The Reign of Fire. Which Yay. Knows. Uh, Again, I don't think anybody ever seen that I've the got, first I, time around. I, I had it on DVD. Um, I think because I hadn't <laughs> seen it at the cinema, I thought oh, it'd be an easy watch and it was cheap. Um, but yeah, again, nobody's watched The Reign of Fire. And then you yeah. see the bit of... The set looks cool, except for there's now moss growing over stuff. So it's clear that it's been there a long time. It's not even looking like this has just happened. You know, we've got a vegetable garden growing in the middle. You know, that's how bad it is. Um, and then a bit of fire happens. Then you go out and then you come back. And there's... Oh, that's the other point. There's a point where they talk about costumes. Because there's a bit in the video where they talk about all these costumes that the actors wear. And that's the point where you used to go through the wardrobe department. You used to get to see them making all the costumes. That doesn't exist anymore, but that's still in the video. Because that's no Ratatouille. Because that's no Ratatouille, yeah. And you just, a whole time, going through it going, this is this needs to go. It just needs to go now. It was never a working studio. They used to use this video to make it seem a bit like it was a working studio. And now the bits of it that looked like a working studio don't exist anymore. So now it's just a glorified tram round ride around stuff that nobody knows anything about. You've sold it well. I'm looking forward yeah, to it. So, you know, that's my ugly. My, well, my they, aren't they closing it down to to redo it and Apparently. add more Star, Star Wars elements to make it a little bit more relevant? Yeah, but... Or just get rid of it and use that whole. I, I agree. I agree. Get rid of it. Build Cars Land. We'll be fine. One, well, one of the things that was talked about in uh, the in the shareholders meeting this week was, and it was um, Tom Wolber said that in his lifetime at the Disney parks, do not expect to see a third gate. It won't happen. But his plan is to improve Disneyland Park and to turn Walt Disney Studios into a full day park. So, they were the two things he talked about. So, one of the things is to get rid of the Backlot Tour, so you can turn that whole area into something new to turn it into a four-day park. Carsland would be amazing. Mm. It really would be, just there. Our own, uh, our own uh, Radiator Springs races. I can't see why it wouldn't work. You could have the whole, that whole back end of that park as like a Pixar yeah, area. well, it's already we've got part of it there, haven't we? You know, it just it'll well, add on got, nicely to Toy Nemo. Yeah, got Nemo uh, there. Kind of cars, Toy Story, Ratatouille. Yeah. Yeah. Throw a big Cars Land in there, get rid of the Cars ride, move Aladdin over to Disneyland Park, yeah. and we'll be fine. Yeah, and I can't see why you can't do that. You know, you could add Is, Aladdin. Um, do you think they'll actually do anything original, though? Or do you think they'll just lift from, well, from the American Park? there's still talk of a Monsters, Inc. door roller coaster, isn't there, that's still been banded about all over the place. That would work quite well as an indoor coaster. Is it too similar to Crush's coaster? Maybe, I don't know. Um, I, don't I don't know. It would be a hanging coaster, surely. Possibly, yeah. But I'm talking about Disney's first hanging coaster. It would be. You know, we've already got the firsts with Ratatouille and Crush's coaster. Could we have another first there? Possibly. I don't know. But uh, has, has Disney and Paris just got a load of money or something? Well. Yes and no. Disneyland Paris have just got a load of money in the sense that uh, they have done very well with guest spend. Guest spend is up. But even though they've recapitalised with regards to all of the shares and all that sort of stuff, which is great, they still made a 100 million loss last year. Sounds good. Uh, 
as well as that, um, they also got caught up in an 800 million euro credit card fraud where they lost 800 million euros on tickets and all that sort of stuff. Eh? So, yeah. So there was somebody using fraudulent cards, etc. And Disney lost 800 million. That is a lot of bad credit cards. Uh, isn't it just? Uh, so that was kind of brushed over at the shareholders meeting, apparently. Wow. Like, I don't, if, if, if I was running Disneyland Paris and they said, right, okay, yeah, um, well, we're just looking at the financial figures for the end of the year and yeah. we've lost a hundred million. I wouldn't be necessarily thinking, right, okay, we're going to do a massive expansion on Walt Disney Studios. Because it's not making the money. Um, I, if, if personally it was me that was in charge, I would be starting to look at things, right, okay, well, is it really a viable project? Well, I think it is because I think that will bring in more people. You know, you you'll get more people staying for longer. Who says? Yeah, you have it? to you have to spend money to make money. Yeah, you think that at the minute, you know, Disney Studios Park's a half day park. Imagine if they were to extend it to a full day park. Could that then include something Fantasmic style that extends a day even longer? You know, how much further can it go? Well, if if it was like a full day park, okay, and you you did spend a full day there, you're not going to be spending more on the entrance into the park. No. No, you're not, you're, but but you'll stay at the minute, you know, you'll go to the Walt Disney Studios, you'll have breakfast before you get there, you'll get there, you'll have lunch, you'll leave before dinner time, you're gone. Imagine you've got 10,000 people in the park who all suddenly need to stay for dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much money are you going to get? As you're saying though, Adam, you're, they're struggling to fill the park anyway, with the queues being so small. Yeah, yeah, no, they are. This is true. But, I, you know, I don't know what the answer is. I'll, or equally, are people not going to the studios because they've done it once and gone? Do you know what? There's not enough there to warrant going back every single trip. Probably. So I don't know. To, to, I don't to know. Me, I mean, I'm I like it. to go back every trip. Yeah, I do as well. But there's probably some people who who think, is it worth me paying out this much money for a day? Mm. So to yeah. me, it's always been a like a less loved park, as in it's it's very industrial in terms of theming. Yeah. It was, and that's obviously what it was designed for, but at the same time, it sort of like seems to be we'll just shove some big buildings there. I think it kind of it suffers a little bit with the California Adventure disease, doesn't it? You know, California Adventure was built and didn't look as nice as they wanted to. They spent a huge amount of money kind of prettifying up that particular park and improving the attractions that are in there, and now people are loving it much more than they used to. And I think that's possibly the problem with with the studios. You know, Disneyland Park is so architecturally gorgeous that Walt Disney Studios looks very stark in comparison. You've hit yeah. the nail on the head. My, when I went with my partner, um, the comment that was made was it looks like Holton Towers. Yeah. 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 It's just big, concrete, empty. Yeah. There's no, you know, apart from obviously the, the kind of the Pixar-y end of it, you, you're over Cinemagic side, Stitch side, and Rock and Roller Coaster side. It's just, it's concrete, and that's well, it. I think that's part of what Disney have realised is the issue, that they built this big concrete park, and then they've gone, do you know what, this doesn't work, and that's why we've now got the themed areas for Ratatouille and Toy Story and that sort of stuff. And hopefully, as time goes on, that will begin to change throughout the entire park, and things will begin to improve. I, don't I could see them marvelling that side up of the park. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. would not surprise yeah. me in the slightest. Right, well, there you go. That's my uh, good, bad, and ugly of Disneyland Paris. And that's pretty much the end of the show. 
Can we believe we're at the end already? We've waffled on for this long. So, uh, with that in mind, it's time for this. So, uh, thank you once again for joining us. Thank you, Alan. No problem. Anytime. Thank you, Gareth. Thank you for having me. And thank you, John. And thank you for having me. There we go. Look at that. All these lovely people we get to talk to. If you want to talk to us, you want to send us a question, comment, email, anything like that, you can send it to radio at disneybrit.com. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter, which is at DisneyBrit. And you can also go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Podcast. You can also go to disneybrit.com. You can find all of the latest episodes that are up on there for you to peruse and enjoy. And if you want to send in your uh, child with regards to their uh, their tomorrow's child, remind us what the question is, Alan. Um, if you're going to be a new Marvel superhero, what is your Marvel superhero name and what is your superpower? Okay, there we go. So send that into radio at DisneyBrit.com. We will use those on the next episode. We didn't mention too much with regards to uh, the DisneyBrit running team, but obviously now we've got packages and all those bits set up. People have got their race place i've got mine now alan's got his you can join our facebook page facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash disney but running team and you can sponsor us just giving.com forward slash disney but running team we will talk more about that and you can go and join that group and join in the discussion that's going over there we are in talks with cordwell children as well to uh, sort everything out with those so it's all good next episode in a couple of weeks time will be a bite-sized episode we'll talk to you about that uh, in a couple of weeks time i think we're not going to talk about but uh We'll leave it as a nice surprise for you all. Right, we'll see you in two weeks' time. Until then, we'll see you. Gosh, everybody! <laughs> that was sweet!